Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. I heard the Holy Spirit call an audible. So I'm going to follow what the Holy Spirit was saying. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me, verse 1, and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of dry bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord." So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, and there was no breath, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, Say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Hallelujah. Amen we could just for a moment imagine ourselves to be with Ezekiel this morning in that valley of dry bones. Man, it must have been an awesome experience as the Spirit lifted him up and put him in this valley of dry bones. Amen. Just to see a few bones laying beside the road or a few bones in the desert somewhere is always a little startling experience. But to see a whole valley of bones, and not just of bones, but of human bones, of the whole house, in a sense, the whole nation of God lying dead, dry in the wilderness. That was what the Lord caused Ezekiel to see. And then he asked Ezekiel a question. Can these bones live? 
That question is so awesome. Ezekiel didn't answer flippantly. He didn't answer carelessly or casually, but he answered carefully. <laughs> Neither a yes nor a no. <laughs> Lord, you know. You know. Because I'm sure he was looking at all those bones thinking, this is terrible. What a great tragedy. What a terrible end has come to my nation that it is now represented by this valley of dry bones. Because you see, in Ezekiel's day, the nation of Israel and the, had been scattered across the nations of the earth. The people of God had been scattered to this nation and to that nation. And the faith and the life in them had been sucked out of them even before they were taken captive. Amen. The, their religion had been replaced with idolatry. Their morality had been replaced with immorality. They had been caught up in the paganism that was around them and had adopted the customs of the people that were living among them and living around them. And the spirit of that day and the spirit of that age had sucked away the spirit of God from the people of God, and they had died. They had died while they were still on their feet. They had died before they were carried captive. But then they were carried captive into strange lands. Into, they, they didn't have anybody with them. <laughs> this is a terrible quarantine. Not isolated to their houses, but isolated to homes and places across the face of the earth in lands speaking languages that they'd never heard before and having to adjust, adjust to customs and a way of life that they had never known. They were scattered. And in that scattering, the faith and the life that was in them died, except for a few precious men like Daniel, like Ezekiel, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There were some who did not bow, and there were some who would not burn, and there were some who would not give up. But most of Israel lay in this valley of dry bones, an army that had been killed, not just killed, but lay there until the flesh had decomposed and there was nothing left but bones. And he had to walk through that valley and walk around those bones and look upon them and notice not only were they bones, but they were very, very dry. There was no moisture in them. There was no life in them. They were totally dead. They were totally dry. And it was in that that the Lord said to Ezekiel, Can these bones live? And then the Lord spoke to Ezekiel. And he says, Prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to these bones. Live. 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 So Ezekiel had to participate with what God was doing, had to anticipate what God was doing. He had to speak it so that it would happen. And he began to prophesy to those bones. And as he prophesied to those bones, 
He began to notice the bones begin to move. They began to rattle. They began to join together. And then the sinews began to form, tying the bones together. And then muscles and then flesh came upon those dry bones. And then it was a valley of lifeless corpses. And the Lord spoke to Ezekiel and said, Prophesy breath into these bodies. Prophesy life into these bodies. And command the four winds to come and to blow the Spirit into each and every one of these people. And then the Bible tells us they came alive. They stood up and they were a mighty mighty army. I believe that this passage of Scripture is especially relevant at this time. I think it speaks to our world. I think it speaks to our nation. I think it speaks to the church. I think it speaks to the lives of individuals. As we look upon the world today, we look at a world that has lost so much. We look at a world that has lost sight of God. The fear of God has disappeared from the multitudes. Not only do they not fear God, they hate God. They boo, they mock, they scorn those who have faith in God. I grew up in a day when on the average Sunday, about 90 to 95% of the people in America were in a church service somewhere. In those days, you didn't run in. It was seldom that you ever ran into somebody who was not a believer in God. There were many people who weren't Christians. But there were only very, very few people who would acknowledge that they were atheists and that they did not believe in God at all. Now, in a period of about 60, 65 years, we've seen that change. And in a sense, we see now, instead of that, we see a a valley of dry bones. I was in a state about 20 years ago where there was almost a church on every corner, but the tragedy of the fact was that most of those churches were closed. And it was in the Bible Belt. It was in a place where faith had once been vibrant. But now faith was gone. And so we look at that and and we, we can grieve over it. We can look at our nation and see the freedoms that are being threatened. We can see things that are being done that are unthinkable. That it would ever be legal or permissible to take the life of an unborn child is unimaginable and unthinkable to the person who has any morality or any even decency is to think in those terms is to think a thought that is unthinkable. The death of unborn children, the death of children as a sacrifice has always been the most pagan of pagan practices. Wherever there's been satanic worship, wherever there's been deep paganism, There you see human sacrifice. But here in America, the land of the free, where we are one nation 
under God, millions of lives are being taken. And it's done without regret. It's done without remorse. And if we, even we who are Christians and who hate these things can become accustomed to them so that we no longer bothers us, that we're living in a valley of dry bones. We're living in a place where strength that we once have has gone away. We're living in a valley of dry bones. We're living in a world of dry bones. The world is not the place it was 50 years ago. So much has changed, and it's not changed for the better for the most part. You can go to places like Europe where there are hundreds and hundreds of cathedrals, beautiful, magnificent cathedrals, but nobody worships there. They refer to themselves as post-Christian. They are a valley of dry bones. Now we look at that, we go, what do you do with the dry bones? Some of us in our own life look at things, things that we wish had happened that didn't happen. And those dreams seem to be dead. They've become dry bones. Sometimes there's things that are happening in our families and people who've gone and in directions that we never thought they could go and doing things we never thought they could do. There's dry bones, tragedy, broken relationships, children that are no longer with their families, and there's hostility between father and mother and children. And you can look at that and see dry bones. You look at the armies of the nations. <laughs> I see all of those people who gave their lives for freedom. And since an army of dry bones. But today, I feel something from God. I feel like what they died for can live again. I believe that God is calling forth a prophetic people. And he's speaking to us to speak to these dry bones that are around us. And he's saying to us, can these bones live? And I believe from the scriptural testimony, these bones can and will live. But it is up to us to prophesy about them. Let me talk to you just about us Christians talking together sometimes. Sometimes we spread the virus. You know what I mean? Somebody's discouraged and they start talking their discouragement to somebody else and they become discouraged. <laughs> Need to sanitize our words. <laughs> because these things, we, 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 can, we can talk to each other and talk each other into discouragement, into unbelief, into disbelief. We can begin, come to that point to where we no longer believe that the impossible is possible. We can come to that point where we no longer trust and believe in the God of the resurrection. Now, I know that theologically people will say, well, John, this vision of dry bones was the nation of Israel. And it is fulfilled when in 1948, a nation, Israel became a nation once again. And there was a mighty army that was raised up prophetically and supernaturally. Amen. 
I've been reading some books recently about people who prophesied that before it happened. Who prophesied that the Jews would be returning to Israel a hundred years before it happened. They began to speak. You know, one of the people who declared it, you probably find remarkable, was Mark Twain. He went for a visit to Israel in the, the mid part of the 1800s. And while he was there, something began to stir within him. And he believed that God would bring the people back to Israel, the Jewish people back to Israel. He began to speak about it. He began to write about it. There were others who also took up the word and began to speak to the nation of Israel and to call the people of Israel back to their nation. I know that's true. So we have a wonderful testimony those bones were dead for 2,400 years from the time of Ezekiel until the time that happened. But did that stop the resurrection of that nation? No. But it was Ezekiel who prophesied to those bones to live. It was Ezekiel who prophesied to those bones that breath would come into those bodies. That happened and he prophesied it, and in 2,000 years, it came to pass. Now, I don't believe that what God wants us to speak is going to take 2,000 years to come to pass. But I believe God is saying to us, quit looking at the dead bones and getting rattled. You're not here to be rattled. You're here to rattle them. We're here not to let the dry bones talk to us but to talk to the dry bones in the name of the Lord and say, thus saith the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Live in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you this morning, Pastor Jonathan shared a credible message last week on prayer. If you haven't heard it yet, pick it up on the, on the YouTube and look at it. But part of what God is doing in calling us to prayer is calling us to strategic prayer to begin to pray for the things he wants to do. But he's also calling us to prophetic prayer to begin to pray things that haven't happened yet. To pray things that we may be like Ezekiel. I don't know if these bones can live or not, Lord, you do. But to begin to speak the impossible to those situations to begin to speak life into the graveyards that are around us, of those things that have died and are seemingly lost, to call them back again in prayer and begin to prophesy and begin to declare the word of the Lord over the valley of dry bones. Hear the word of of the Lord. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. I believe God's calling us to declare his will over people's lives. There's power in a prophetic prayer. There's power in a prophetic prayer. 
I know Judy and I, there were moments in our life where the Lord told us as parents, declare the will of God into their lives. Prophesy the will of God into their lives. Yes, we taught them to do the will of God. But sometimes in moments, dry bone moments, when they seemed to be going this way and going that way, the Lord spoke to us and said, prophesy the will of God into their lives. We didn't prophesy the specific will of God because that's up to God. But what we said to them was, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. We as your parents prophesy over your life. Hear the word of the Lord. Amen. We need to prophesy over our children. We need to prophesy over our circumstances, over our families. Some of you need to prophesy over your finances. <laughs> Amen. How many of you, you may have a dry, dry bone checkbook. Amen. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough there to do anything with. But you can begin to put your hand and say, Lord, you said that you would supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And Lord, we prophesy provision. We prophesy blessing. We believe, Lord, that these bones will live. Man, I believe God wants us to prophesy into impossible situations. Amen. Impossible situations. We've seen several things lately where people have called us with reports saying, so-and-so is going to the hospital and they've got this and this and this condition. And we begin to pray. And then, uh, of course, you don't always hear back immediately what's happening. In one situation, we got a call the next morning that this person who was supposed to be so very sick had been released from the hospital. There was something wrong. But when people began to pray, it changed. When people began to pray, it changed. And so I believe God wants us to be speaking to the dry bones in our life. Some of you have lost relationships with friends, with members of your family. Begin to prophesy over those dry bones. Live, live. God can cause relationships that are dead to live. I remember when Pastor Patricia came to me one time and said, John, you have two sisters that you need to forgive. And as soon as she said that, I knew exactly what she was talking about. And I got down on my knees and I prayed and asked the Lord, to forgive them for my sake, and I forgave them. And you know what happened? Instantly, instantly. I hadn't heard much from them for about four or five years. Instantly, those relationships were restored. God made dry bones live. There's nothing that is impossible for God. The, the improbable is sometimes whether we can rise up like Ezekiel and speak the impossible over the improbable. Dry bones live. Hear the word of the Lord. 
Because the power is in the word of the Lord. Ezekiel, the Lord told Ezekiel to say it. When Ezekiel spoke it, he did not speak it as his words, but he spoke it as God's words. I remember hearing Evangelist Reinhard Bonnke testify how at one moment he was struggling with the ministry of healing. And the Lord spoke to him and said, your word, my word in your mouth is as powerful as my word in my mouth. That gave him the power to speak to the blind. It gave him the power to speak to the lame. Because he wasn't speaking, thus saith Bonky. He was speaking, thus saith the Lord. And that is what the Lord's asking us to say. Thus saith the Lord, these bones can live again. Let us begin to speak over our nation in this election year. These bones can live again. Let us begin to speak over a church that has been corrupted and defiled and compromised. These bones can live again and prophesy life into the darkness and prophesy life into the, the, the cemetery of dry bones. Amen. There's so much that God wants to do in our day, and he's looking for Ezekiel's to say it, to do it. Amen. I felt like the Lord said, John, I want you to share this message today because it's a time for my people to begin to speak to the dry bones. Amen. Speak to those dry bones. Speak over them. Speak over them. The power of prophecy is in the power of God's word. You know, sometimes we think, well, will they listen? Will they agree? Well, you know what? When it comes to a prophetic word, I don't think it matters. Prophecy's taken me places I thought I would never go. Prophecy's made me go some places I didn't even want to go. Because it's not in the power of my will. It's not in the power of my circumstances. But it is in the power of a living word from a living God. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Some of us have come out of a, a whole boneyard of, of religious tradition. And when you've gone through those experiences... Man, sometimes you just give up. You get bitter. You get full of unbelief and disbelief. Kind of, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> Been there? You know, I grew up in a hard-shell Baptist church that didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And the way the Lord knocked my socks off was to put me in a church where the power of God was moving. I walked in there, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I walked out going, look what God did. In the place where I would have least expected it. In people who I would have least expected it of. God did things that I didn't even know were possible. But God's saying to us, I want you to believe me for the impossible. I believe it's a specific prayer. Next week is, is Pentecost Sunday.
I said, it's a good time for the church to come out of the outer room and into public again. Okay, or upper room, let me say, not the outer room. The upper room and into public once again. It's a good time. That's what Pastor Sam said. Uh, they came out of the upper room. It's time for us to come out of our upper rooms, lower rooms, back rooms, wherever, and come into public once again and begin to be the people of God. But I believe it's important for us to believe that next week is going to be the beginning of a powerful outpouring of the Spirit and to begin marvelous flow of the supernatural. But I can tell you this morning that what happens next week will be determined by how we pray and maybe how we prophesy this week and the things that we prophesy over. Amen. So when you begin to hear those impossible reports, begin to speak to that valley of dry bones. When you hear from that hopeless situation, begin to prophesy life to those dry bones. When you begin to feel that pain of rejection or that pain of a relationship that has fallen apart, begin to prophesy healing and wholeness into that relationship and watch what God can do. God is a God of miracles, and He will do the impossible. So I'm asking you today to know the Lord is speaking to your heart. As we close this service this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow in prayer with me. I'm going to ask the worship team if you would come back up, please. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand. You're not here in the sanctuary, so you guys are the ministers this morning. Okay? There in the living room of your home, the family room, the bedroom, wherever you are, you go to that impossible situation and begin to prophesy the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Live. You dry bones, live. Hear God's word today. Just stand right where you are and begin to speak life over those situations. Begin to speak life to those people who seem to have lost their life and lost their way. Begin to speak life over them. Begin to speak recovery over those situations where there seems to have been loss. Amen. We're going to believe God for miracles. Lord, you are the God of the impossible. And Lord, there is nothing, nothing, nothing too hard for Thee. Lord, this morning on this Memorial Day, we speak to the dry bones of our nation, into the houses and government and into the places of authority. And Lord, many of those places have been pulled down and compromised. But we speak to them and say, live. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. And hear the cry of those who bought these freedoms with their precious blood. That freedom will not be lost. And that cost will not be denied.